Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. What is up on a Sunday evening? That took me a second. I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. Um, we appreciate you hanging out with us on this. Well, this was basically asked for by the people. We got a couple of requests to do a podcast. And uh, we're men of the people. Yeah, so we're going to deliver because uh, we are men of the people. I'm standing outside of my hotel in uh, Fayetteville staring once again at a dumpster uh, and a highway. What's up, man? Did I not get you a room? No, no, no. They got me a room. I'm not sleeping outside. I just uh, I decided not to wake or bother or whatever people are doing at this hour the entire second floor of the Hilton Garden Inn in Fayetteville with Ole Miss baseball takes. Um, <laughs> so I decided to walk outside. Um, okay. It's not really a good place to do it. Uh, I don't think this place has like a conference center. I've always wanted to go in one of those because you ever been like, yeah, I'm here on business. I need to use the conference center. <laughs> um, always wanted to drop that line, but uh I don't think they have one here. It's a pretty That's, badass pool, though. Some other stuff. Have you gone swimming? Uh, I have not gone swimming. Um, <laughs> although we hung out at the wrong place because I came out. The first night we were here, I came out and uh, I, I left a charger in the car. So I'm about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. And there were people uh, derunk out by the pool. Like, we hung out at the wrong spot. There was They were <laughs> they were having a large time. I don't know who they were, but they, they looked like they were having more fun. They found the fun. Yeah, so we'll get into it because we got a limited time. I'm going to try to catch this hockey game and some college baseball um, and get some food. And then, you know, whatever else you do in Fayetteville, it's beginning to feel like Hoover where I feel like I've been here for weeks. Um, so, obviously, Ole Miss loses yesterday 11-2 to in a game that was really a dud. I mean, it was one of the classic, like, story written in the fifth inning. Not a really whole lot to take from it in general from, from an Ole Miss side, like, just kind of was what it was. Will Etheridge probably, I mean, that's the worst outing of Etheridge's career. I was going back through the numbers. I mean, non-blister yeah. ate it. It's his shortest. Yeah, I can't. I can't recall. It may well, even obviously. be his shortest with the blister. Well, I, can't I mean, they, that he started. I mean, he was in the bullpen last year, but yeah. But he's never really, he never really had anything that, like, dramatically terrible. No, no, no it's his worst was outing. It was, yeah, it was, it was the worst, worst outing of his career. And it was a really bad time for it to happen. He was not good. But part of that, but, though, he was not good and made some mistakes. But Arkansas hit some really good pitches. That lineup but, just kind of showed why the top part of it in particular is is one of the best in the country. Right. Now, now hear me out. Would it have mattered if he was good? Because I don't think they score on Isaiah Campbell. You, know, you aren't being first. Campbell anyway. They got one run on four hits through the first eight innings. And, like, Dillard did get the home run in the ninth. But there's if that game's not the scenario it is, there was no scenario where Campbell was going to pitch the ninth that that was remotely in question. Right. Like Cronin yeah. was coming in that game. Look, it was just if, eleven if, to two. Yeah, if if you're going to tell Mike Bianco before the game, hey boss, you're going to lose. That's probably the way he sets it up, right? Yeah, I like I I, I get that. There's definitely some credence to that to that kind of idea because like what happens if you use Caracy and Miller and tell who knows Myers too, and you lose four three, then you're just kind of screwed. Yeah, and boy, I mean, you, you're going into tomorrow. But, I mean with nothing with no hope and uh they got some hope tomorrow because uh, because obviously they come out today and he throws five innings i don't he had his probably worst outing of his career honestly um but he battled he, he just fought he's fought his guts out and and that's what you needed that on a day that the offense was able to get some balls in the wind and, and almost puts up a 13 spot and rolls into a winner take all tomorrow 
Yeah, so just kind of cleaning up that first game, I think the more takeaway was one, Etheridge is bad, but I thought other than that, it was more about Arkansas just being really dominant. I mean, that lineup is really, really good when they get going, and Isaiah Campbell is one of the best pitchers in the country. Um, and it's really kind of founded in the last year, because you think about it, that's a that's a kid that's a senior that was, what, top 60 pick? Did he go top 60? I think he was, I think he was like 75. Okay, so first two round guy, right? right. Like he was yeah. a, he was a yeah. day one draftee as a yes. senior, and obviously that's a very strange trajectory. Like normally a top two round starting pitcher in the SEC, he's usually a junior and he usually has elite level like arm talent. He's really kind of figured this out late in his career. He's a big kid too. I didn't realize that till he came to the podium after the game. He's gigantic. Yeah, and he's throwing ninety five and it moves and yeah, it wasn't fair. Ole Miss wasn't winning yesterday on any planet. It just wasn't happening. Like uh, unless Will pitched, you know, seven innings and didn't give up a run, there was not a uh, scenario where Ole Miss went that game yesterday. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he was just dominant. The kid throws four pitches for strikes. He he put the fastball wherever he wanted. He had Ole Miss off balance. I mean, it was just he was a really dominant performance. And to your point, it, it really wouldn't have mattered what Ole, if Etheridge had been good because you know Arkansas scored two runs and that was that was plenty. So transitioning into what we just watched today, obviously uh, we're recording this on a Sunday evening. Uh, Doug Nikhazy was not his best, sharpest stuff. Uh, that ballpark today was a launch pad, though, and that might be understating it. Uh, was it blowing out that bad? Oh, yeah. It was? Oh, yeah, okay. dude. It was It was blowing out. But the thing was, you didn't necessarily notice it as much. I mean, dude, you didn't necessarily notice it as much because three of the four home runs Ole Miss hit were not wind-dated. Like, they demolished those balls. Cooper's was wind-dated. Um, that thing really pushed it out. But that wind was hot, uh, blowing out pretty consistently because every fly ball they hit, it felt like the guy was catching it two steps from the track. Like, there was one ball in particular. Um, I can't remember who hit it for Arkansas, but, like— The one where Dillard was trying to ta- track it down? No, no, no. He Well, not the one you're talking about, because that's the double, right? I'm talking yeah. about one of the ones he did catch. But it was just a routine can of corn that went directly up in the air, and then all of a sudden, Dillard's, like, a foot and a half from, like, the— Like, I, he's literally standing on the edge of the warning track when that thing's caught. And, like, you, I honestly thought that was going to be, like— it, like when it first went up in the air, I was like, "Oh, maybe the shortstop has a chance at it." And then that thing was sitting at the track. Like it was, the ballpark was a launching pad, and Ole Miss took advantage of it. Nikhazy, I thought for the most part, did a decent job, um, kind of keeping the ball down and not making a bunch of elevated mistakes and letting them get the ball up in there. Obviously, Ole Miss gave them an extra out in the first inning. When I think that's the fault of Jacob Adams. I haven't seen a replay, but yeah, Zabowski quit it. on it. Zabowski quit on it like he heard something, both. and he was well well away from first base. Right, it's both of them's fault. Somebody has to catch that baseball, and it's it, it, the fact that it didn't. It's both of them's fault. I mean, it, it's equal blame. Either Zebo needs to call himself off of it, or Adams needs to get over there. It, it's both their fault. Yeah, no, I would agree. It just it was weird because, and I didn't see a replay, but it, like, or nothing after the first like TV monitor showed. Like I didn't go back and watch it a, se- a third time, but it looked like like. Like Zabowski stopped as if he almost heard Adams call it off. Or right. Something. Like something. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought something triggered that, and then it obviously hit the ground. And then two batters later, Dominique Fletcher put one in the in the in the pond. Over and the at that point, he, you're 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 worried if you're Ole Miss. Yeah, because like it was a it was a it was a bad error. It was a bad like I mean it was a yeah I mean it was just a very bad error. And then you're thinking that's a game where they kind of got thumped yesterday, and this happened in the first inning, like. Like, have you seen this movie before? Because this team has been known to kind of throw random duds. I mean, they've they've been good the last couple of weeks, but this this season was part of the reason it was so confusing is because you know North Alabama's and such. Um, <laughs> hey, but, hey, yeah. I'm, so just, you're you're worried at that point. Yeah, 
just a quick aside, uh, Florida State leads 4-3 to three in the top of the eight, and LSU has a runner at second. I know who's winning this game. Uh, well, I thought that yesterday, and then Mike Martin's team won the game. I still think Florida State's beating them. I don't think LSU's any good. I don't either, but but go ahead. I guess we should uh, get quickly on game three. Is Wicklander getting so, the ball for Arkansas? Yeah, so he is, but we uh, like so we kind of just hit the surface of two there. Like it, it's so you're down two zero if you're Ole Miss, and then uh, Matt, uh, excuse me, Connor Nolan was yeah. terrible. He sucked. Yeah, he was not good, and <laughs> well, he sucked again. I don't think he wants to face Ole Miss ever again. And the poor kid's only a freshman. Like I, I don't think he wants any part of that. And he's probably not to face him in football this year too. Uh, he is. He's probably a lot more excited about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Although he'll probably be the third-string quarterback. I mean, they did bring in Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks. So. Oh, they did. Um, That's right. I forgot about Starkle. So, anyway, he was bad. He got yanked. So, obviously, Ole Miss gets a single and, like, a walk. And then Cole Zabowski hit probably if Ole Miss had track and stuff. That's probably the furthest home run in the season. Yeah. Uh, he hit that, a changeup that may not have landed yet. Like, that yeah. thing was uh, – You tell me anything less than 450, and I don't believe you. Yeah, so there's a pond behind the right field bullpen that's like way out there. And I was actually asking someone from the stadium this at the bar last night, or some Arkansas fan. I was like, why is that there? It's the most random pond ever. It's like the size of a large swimming pool, and it's literally just kind of planted in the middle of the stadium. It's very bizarre, but it landed. I had to have landed there. Uh, Ole Miss takes the lead three to two, and then Nolan is out two pitches into the second inning. Cooper Johnson goes opposite field with the solo shot into the right field bullpen, and Nolan's done. And, like, to me, that was telling in the sense that, like, that's their Saturday number two guy. And, yeah, it was 4-2 at that point in a game that you th- think at that point is going to turn into a slugfest. And Van Horn was like, nah, buddy, like, we're handing this to someone else. I guess you can kind of just see, it, like, if he has it or not, though. Because he's probably he's a guy that, that relies so heavily on off speed. And if he's not able to throw that consistently for strikes, you just kind of know. If I, if I leave him in here, I'm not going to have any prayer. Yeah, that's a fair point there. So he goes out, and then the uh, – uh, Cole, what Ramage. was that kid's name? Ramage came in, and he didn't fare much better. He walks he the bases loaded. Uh, Frankly, and, it was ridiculous. Ole Miss didn't score more than they did off him. Uh, yeah, I put it that way, but they did put five runs in the second inning. So they did. he loads they did. The, the bases, and uh, Keenan hits a triple off the left uh, sure. the wall in left center. Did you have Tyler Keenan at multiple triples, too? Because I would have liked to see the odds. Wait, he that. has another? He has two triples this season. I couldn't remember where the other one came, but in his in his in his page in the game notes, he has multiple triples this year. So, uh, kudos to him. Yeah, base running savant. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so Ole Miss is up eight two at that point, and then you're kind of thinking maybe they're going to run away with this. And that was what, at that point in the game, I was kind of thinking if you're Ole Miss, like you need a couple more innings from Doug because if it got to eight two in the fifth, Arkansas is probably punting much like Ole Miss did yesterday. Like when yep. Ole Miss warmed up Max Trophy and Caleb Hill, they were uh, they were kicking that thing with some hang time. They were saying, "We will see you tomorrow." And so I kind of thought, obviously, in an eight two game with the ball jumping the way it was and the way teams are squaring it up, the third inning you're not punting at that point. You're hoping to maybe put up a couple of zeros see if you can crawl back into it. So at that point, I was kind of thinking, "What's Nikhazy going to do here?" Um, Arkansas hits three straight two out triples in the fourth, I think, and scores four runs. Or, uh, but the Casey got out of a huge bases loaded jam in the third. Um, yep. Where the one after Fletcher hit the bunt, the Casey got him. Uh, I think he got Kerstad with a slider away. Yeah, it was a fastball. So he was trying to get him to chase it off the plate, and the guy, the Casey, said it tailed back in and caught the corner. So that was intended to be off the plate to see if he chased. So he struck him out there, and then he got it. Uh, 
he got whoever the next guy was to pop up under a changeup, and that was a huge, huge sequence there because yes. that keeps the game at eight to two. Because if Arkansas puts that bad boy in the gap, it's eight to five already, and you're just kind of in a slugfest. Yep. And or you know, God forbid they put it out of the park, then it's eight six, Oof. and you're like, oh boy. So he puts up, and then they score three in the fourth. Really kind of bang, bang, bang. They had three straight two out triples, and then he was really one hit away there from that getting hairy again. Um, and then escape, then his final inning, he strikes out the last two guys he's faced to strands two on there. So really just kind of, I mean, Mike Bianco called it a gutsy performance. It it's was a very common coaches, coaches cliche, but it was the perfect way to describe that. Cause he didn't have his stuff was not locating the best he could. Um, he had 10,000 people screaming booger eater at him. Um, <laughs> but he kind of kept it together and, uh, someone told me he pitched like, pretty well. Somebody told me he got into it. And I don't know if this is true, but it was an Ole Miss fan that was there. Said he got into it with like some fans before the game. It was like, oh, I got to go, guys. I got to go beat you now. That was actually the first question after the at the parish <laughs> offered asked okay, that question so at the happen. press conference. But it was like apparently it was like lighthearted. Like I think it was kids. Oh, like they okay. were giving him a hard time oh, while he was warming up, and well, he kind of grinned at him. Was like, I got to go beat y'all now. <laughs> so like nothing malicious there. I don't know. He's a likable kid. I mean, did so so I got sent a a, a video His of ins- him. The camera panned to him again in the dugout or whatever. And like he like rubbed up the side of his nose and then like did like the throat slash as if he didn't need any boogers to beat them or something. I don't really know what he's getting at there, well, but he handled it well because that's that's an embarrassing moment. Well, like that's yeah. Sucks. yeah. And, and on Instagram after the game, he like posts a picture with his girlfriend. He's like the boogeyman and his girl are in Arkansas or something like that. I mean, <laughs> the kid's awesome. He's a uh, he's an interesting kid. He skateboards to class. He likes to sleep in hammocks. Um, he listens to 90s grunge. Hell, he runs out to Alice in Chainsaw. And he got asked about that the other day, and he was like, yeah, well, it used to be Pink Floyd. And, like, <laughs> in a day and age where it's it's a lot of Florida Georgia line and a lot of Nelly, like, coming up to the ballpark. Where <laughs> given, Speaking of the headache I have right now, it's probably induced by that. He's a different breed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you kind of need that in a game like today where it's flying out of the park and your season's over a lot. He's just out there trotting the ball in the strike zone. Yeah, and so he gave Ole Miss – I mean, look – because if he there's a big difference in him going four or five, and it didn't end up mattering. But like if he's out of there and you're having to salvage, I mean, trying to scrap for what the last five innings of the game instead of four, like that's a huge difference. He scraps and gets them five, and then the score was pretty much indi- like contributed to this as well. But I said this after the the game on on Twitter, and I obviously I wrote about it as well. But Houston Roth doing what he did today in those conditions with the way the ball was flying against that offense. Is really impressive because he puts up four zeros, finishes the game, and Ole Miss is going to go into this game three tomorrow with a fully stocked bullpen, essentially. Obviously, Roth is out, but Myers yeah. is available again, and so is Crazy and Miller, and they haven't touched the field this year. And I tell Excuse you, me, I, this, this weekend, they've definitely I, touched the field this year. I don't know what his pitch count was yesterday. I bet if you needed an w- inning from Will Etheridge to get to Omaha, you could get it. So uh, 87. That, he left at 87. Ooh, that's, that's a good many, but – I saw Mike Myers come back on one day's rest, so I don't know. You, yeah, you I got, mean, different. I mean, look, different things. Didn't a Chris Ellis come in relief in Game Three? He he was in the he was one runner away from coming. That's in, Mike. right. I, and then when Perzog hit the triple, it was rendered moot. I, right. So Godwin was telling me a story about that because he was like, "Yeah, we had Ellis up to come close the thing out, and then Perzog hits the triple, and he like I think Godwin joked when I, I did a story on this boy back in the fall on the Perzog triple." And, I think Godwin joked that like before that ball had actually come to rest in the corner, Mike had already sat Ellis back down. <laughs> uh, so he was so ready to go. Don't be shocked point, but... if Will Etheridge is in the bullpen tomorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. So anyway, but that was a huge from Roth. 
And the guy that, that really hasn't gotten a ton of credit, but after a rough start to the year when he battled that shoulder injury, when he yes. like, tripped over himself off the mound, he's been really damn good for Ole Miss down the stretch. It really just been dominant. And that was probably as good as he's been all year today. Yeah, no, that, that was – and Ole Miss needed it because he conserves. I wondered if Mike was going to give any thought, you know, when they got it to 13-5 to to getting him out and try to save him for tomorrow. But I think he made the right move because, man, you put Taylor Broadway in there and it's you give up three runs and then, oh, crap, you're looking at a game again. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree. Um, I, I, we were talking about that a little bit after the game. Mike played that as perfectly as possible today because once it balloons, you just let him finish it. I'd like you probably like to have him for tomorrow, but like you just said, you can't really take that risk. He played it perfectly. And another thing, Mike's had a really bad year as a manager, as a game manager with this team. He's struggled to find a feel for it, but he's had a really good two and a half weeks. Yes, yes, absolutely. And he's put guys in positions to win, and that's what he's supposed to do after struggling. Yeah, that's his job title. Games. And yeah. And but but it's hard to find it. Like there's some years where you watch managers and they just don't have a feel for a team, and that really costs the team. But like it's not easy to find it when you know through 48 games you still didn't really have a feel of your bullpen or what to do with a lineup. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, it comes down to one game tomorrow. Just one yeah. Game so it's- kind of spinning it forward. Uh, oh, the one thing I would like to bring up. So they hit four home runs, and Kessinger. They've had so Dillard's had some pretty good pip jobs this year. Uh, including one or two in the series. Kessinger, I think, trumped everyone today. Did he? Uh, so he hit that ball that made it 13-5, to five, the two-run home run. Right. He stared at that ball for so long <laughs> that the umpire basically told him to get jogging. Then he flips his bat, and it was just so, like, disrespectful. And I mean that in the best way. I thought it was hilarious. Like, I, I'm all well, for bat flipping. I don't mean that in a bad way. The umpire found it so disrespectful and so offensive that the home plate umpire was in fair territory at third base trying to say <laughs> something to Kessinger as he's rounding third base. And Gray just kept his head down and kept, like, oh jogging God, towards I home. love that. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, please, no, no, when I say disrespectful, I mean that in, like, I'm going to rub your nose in this way. Like, it was it was, it was hilarious. Awesome. I am Dude, all but, for bat foot because look, if you don't want to get bat flipped on, don't allow a piss missile, you know, 480 did, feet. Did you see what happened with Max Muncy and Madison Bumgarner today? Yes, I did. So that was uh, I could. So that was Muncy. That wasn't uh, Justin Turner. I couldn't figure out. No, it was out Muncy. Who. But did you see what Muncy said after the game? No. They asked him about it. They said, yeah, Bumgarner walked over to first and said, don't watch it run. He said, I looked at him and said, if you don't want me to watch it, go get my ball out of the ocean. That's pretty solid. So I'm all for bat flipping. Kessinger delivered just a nasty one. Um, so that was interesting. But, yeah, really Ole Miss, I mean, the game got away from Arkansas late, 13-5. to Ole Miss kind of did exactly what they had to do. Now it sets up a winner-take-all game to Omaha. And you've got Gunnar Hoagland. You've got arrested Austin Miller. You've got arrested Parker Gracie. You pretty much got the full collection of troops. I think the probably I'm not going to say an X factor because I hate that term. I think it's cliched. But how Zach Phillips yep. is used tomorrow will probably just dictate very greatly how this game goes. And I think what they if I'm managing this game, I'm letting Hoagland go through the lineup. Obviously, bar one something time. like him sucking one time. And if that's three innings or if that's two and a third, fine. Then well, Phillips needs to start an inning. So I'm letting him go through one time roughly. And then I'm letting Phillips get a couple, and whoever Phillips gets you before you're in trouble, I'm giving it to Miller and Gracie the rest of the way. If that's how I'm managing this. See, here, here, here's my, where I'm managing this. I, what if it? Okay, let me ask you this. What if it's two and a third, and you've got a guy on first and second? Who, who's the guy you bring in? Because you don't want to bring in Phillips with base, guys on base. 
What did you Honestly, do, it's like Caleb Hill. Maybe get like a lefty because particularly that lineup for Arkansas, like was it three through six is all lefties or two yeah. through five? It's four yeah. lefties in a row is my point. So right. if it's at that point, I'm trying to bring in Hill to get two outs because you can't. Well, we talked about this earlier. Like Philip, I mean, Phillips has to start an inning. And I would even go beyond. Chase was talking about earlier when we were driving back to the hotel room today. It was like, well, do you bring him in if no one's on base? I would even go beyond that. I would just say the kid has to start the inning. I, I agree. It's got to be um, like a start. That's, that's to me, kind of where you, you use Hill or maybe Myers, one or the other. I, I don't bring him in unless it's to start an inning. And you can call that whatever you want. The kid pitches better when he starts an inning. It's just, it's factual. Um, so, yeah, I, that you use Hill or Myers to get through that inning, and then I'm handing the ball to the kid that's from Texarkana, Arkansas, and tell him, hey, bud, I need you. And then I'm going to – and when the sixth inning rolls around or the seventh inning rolls around, I'm, I'm trying to get three at, three innings out of Miller and Chrysey. Yeah, so we were talking about it, uh, some of this again on the ride home, and Chase brought up a good point. Is The fourth inning is probably going to be very indicative of this game, and for the reasons we just hit on, like when Arkansas, the second time the top of that lineup comes through, who Ole Miss is pitching, how they use that, because you really don't need a ton. You need three or four innings from Hoagland. You need – a couple from Phillips or someone in the middle because with them, neither one of Caracy or Miller having gone, like Caracy can get you six outs and Miller can go nine. Like, I mean, you got four or five innings there if you have to. They'd probably, yeah, not that's to what be, I was the case. thinking. But you don't have to get very much out of the starter, right? You, it, it going into the game, you just kind of say, I'm getting five out of Miller and Caracy. Because that's that's being my approach. I, I got my best. Yes, guys. and if you don't have to, like if you're just rolling, then maybe try to shrink that to four. But I think you're you'll live with five. Yeah, but I guess my, my thing is, what are you saving pin arms for, you know? like if It's you not necessarily this, pin arms. It's just kind of sometimes there's a history, particularly with Caracy, it like when he gets deeper and deeper, it kind of loses. Like the fastball loses a little bit of luster. True. Like the further Caracy extends, the less effective he is. I don't think it necessarily matters with Miller. That's more so for Caracy. If you can shrink it to four and Caracy only has to get four outs versus six or three versus six, that's a problem. I think that's a big deal. That was the only reason I was saying that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, oh. But I, what's what? All right, let's do this. If so Arkansas. Game, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So so just kind of, I thought it was a nice segue. Arkansas is starting Patrick Wicklander, who's right. kind of been like Hoagland in the sense where like he's had moments where he's been pretty good, but really as a freshman kid, hadn't quite figured it out yet. Numbers are not great. But my thing is, is Matt Cronin hasn't pitched either. And Arkansas has some dudes back there. But I think what Ole Miss has in the pen compared to what Arkansas has between Wicklander and Cronin is better. Um, like yeah. I think Ole Miss is better there. Like I think what Arkansas is going to have to do. Obviously, you can't let Wick- Wicklander shove it for six or seven innings. Right. Like that that's just disaster, that's disaster scenario number one for Ole Miss. But if you get him out in the bullpen leading up to Cronin, that's where Ole Miss needs to make its hay because right. I think that they have a leg up there. But if you let him go six innings, they hand that to Cronin for nine outs. Your toast. Yeah, well, and, but I don't think he's going to go six innings. He hasn't really had much of a track record of well, that. Here's my thing. Dave Van Horn blew two pin arms today when he's down 8-2 and, and down 13-5. to five. He, he blows cops and he blows Ramage. I'm, I mean, that's two of their main used guys. I didn't really understand what he was doing from that perspective. Well, I was trying to figure that out, too, because it's a for so they haven't used Costi Shock. Right. But I was looking through Costi Shock's numbers. He's not that and good. While he, well, he's, he, I think he's been okay, but he's, he's definitely a good arm talent, and they feel good about it. But he's only had one outing since March 24th that's lasted more than two-thirds of an inning. 
Oh, wow. he's had a lot of point twos. He's had a 1.1 in there. There may have been one more 1.0, but my point, it's literally been two outings. But that's not to say he can't do that because at the beginning of the year, I think he may have started again. He started he their five. first weekend. Yeah, so he threw five and he's got some twos and threes mixed in. I'm not saying he can't give you length, but he hasn't done it in a long time. And I, I, I haven't followed Arkansas enough closely to know if they're using him differently or he hasn't been ineffective. It well, sounds like a combination of both. Well, and they have Scroggins, who's Wicklander basically replaced. Um, so he's actually been able to go deep into games before. So he's a guy that if Wicklander got knocked out early, they would probably go to for length. Yeah, I would agree with that. So it sets up as a winner-take-all. And, like, look, this team – like, I keep trying to trying to restrain myself when I'm writing to overplay this whole postseason mentality thing and how they've changed. But, look, this team has adopted a different mindset in the postseason where in postseasons past where, you know, they pull a Tennessee Tech or whatever they've done, and that's largely a lot of the same group. This group is not going to be the ones playing tight tomorrow. I think it's going to be the other side. And – you know, I mean, DeCasey kind of said it best today. He's like, look, this has been our whole mantra. We don't really know what tomorrow is going to bring. We're kind of focused on today. Mike echoed that too, and I thought Mike had an interesting quote where he was like, these guys don't look nervous. He's like, if you look in the dugout and, like, you'd think they'd won four or five games in a row, no matter really the situation, they don't really let stuff bother them. And I wonder if that's had a contagious effect on Mike because you talk about being nervous. Mike's usually the most uptight one in there. I mean, if we're being yeah. completely honest. And he so was joking around today. Now, I wonder if him seeing that has been contagious. It's almost like the team's attitude and Mike's attitude has kind of rubbed off on one another. Because I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or the radio show Thursday. I don't remember where I was talking. I just kind of go without a filter. Um, but so I've heard it from two different people now. I heard it when I did the Phillips story on him doing like becoming the dugout guy. And then I, someone had mentioned it again yesterday where Mike, when they were when it was 0-0 in that game at A&M, which is where we kind of all agree kind of sparked this whole run in the SEC tournament, Mike was like, have you guys ever heard of a rally cap? Like, we've got to do something. It was like trying to loosen them up. And from that point on, obviously, it's taken on a life of its own with whatever the hell Phillips is doing that day and the rest of those guys. But I think it's interesting that he, of all people, and he, you know, he's been fairly knocked for the teams in the postseason being a reflection of him in the past and being too uptight. He, him instigating that and then them, like the reaction he got from them, like that synergy, for the lack of a better phrase, or whatever you want to call it, has done good on both sides. It's done good for the players, and I think it's helped Mike too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I kind of echo everything there is, is he's kind of you know got those guys playing loose. And look, you can go out tomorrow and lose a baseball game, and that doesn't mean you're loose. Arkansas is a really – that doesn't mean you're not loose. Uh, Arkansas is a really good baseball team. It's going to be a really good baseball game. Um, I don't think this game exactly be, what Zabowski said today. It's like it's going to be a fun, good game. Yeah, I, I don't look. Ole Miss isn't the number twelve team in the country. Them and Arkansas are, are two top eight teams in the country, and it's unfortunate that one only one of them is going to get to go to Omaha. Um, yeah, and so I mean, this is where they are. I mean, it's the same mindset as they're they've won like their last five elimination games. I don't know if you count the Vanderbilt game as an elimination yeah. game because you were done either way, but they've won like their last five elimination games. They they're playing with some confidence. Into that that. That they've done that, and Arkansas it's, really Well, I think it's just a product of that. Well, I, I don't know if that helps, but I think it's just, that's just more of a product of their mindset. They don't really care. And so that's the, kind of my point. Tomorrow, where something goes bad, like Ole Miss plates a couple in the first, like if Arkansas plates a couple in the first, like you saw today, that's not really phasing this team because that opportunity in the first where the, the extra outlet, the two-run shot, if Ole Miss was going to fold like a cheek tent and be like, this is too big for us or we just done, but it, it was then, and they didn't. And so my point being is like if Ole Miss scores two tomorrow – 
it might get tight over there in the home dugout where it, yeah. normally I would say the opposite. It would more normally it would be Ole Miss, but with like with this group, I don't necessarily see that. Like if Arkansas plates two, I don't think it would nearly two in the first. I don't think it would nearly have the same effect as it would vice versa. Any idea who the home team is? Because they flip for game three. No, I, I've been asked that like four times on the internet, and I have no idea. I need to go find that out. Find, do some investigative reporting, Rip. Yeah, I, I, I just I. I'm putting the content out for the people. I put up my story, drove to the hotel, and like just stood in the parking lot and started doing this. So, all in the name of content, I guess. I don't know who's the home team. I'll figure it out in a second. The game is locked into three o'clock. It was going to get wait. Flexed, it is. Yeah. So the the Arkansas media relations guy told us after the game that it's locked into three no matter what. Now, huh. I'm not getting on a soapbox rant here, but the uh, media relations deal here has been a little bit of some Mickey Mouse bullshit. Uh, oh, I didn't have a seat I, I got, when I got, I got there. Time. Go ahead. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Uh, put me in a bad mood yesterday. But my point being, it wouldn't shock me if that guy didn't know what he was talking about. Well, like he's in a position where he should absolutely know what he's talking about. But like, I, I he's he's not. I, I just read Chase's story, and his his said that there was some flexibility there. So I didn't know if that. Well, got we got told recently. that afterward. So like, okay. Chase, like we posted everything, and we were leaving is when he told us that. I'm not okay. telling you that's a fact though, because I think those guys are kind of full of shit. Like I, I don't <laughs> trust those dudes. They didn't give me a seat in the press box. They just Wait, forgot. Really? They forgot to put me on the seating chart. And then once they immediately realized they screwed up and they tried to turn it on me and they're like, well, if you weren't granted a seat, you could just stand up or you could go watch across the street in the media center. I was like, oh, buddy, we're about to have some issues. But luckily, <laughs> a couple outlets didn't show up and I just sat in one of those. But like if they were going to try to put me across the street for that thing when they screwed up, uh, someone was about to get torched. Like I was going to lose it. Um, have yeah, you lost really, it on anybody recently? That, no, I haven't in a long time, but I was. I was about ready, and because that really pissed me off. Because like I'm not high maintenance when it comes to media relations. Like I, they, they have hard, thankless jobs, and 90 percent of the people, time they do really good work. But, like I wasn't even asking for anything high maintenance. I was asking for a chair. That oh, they screwed up. It, yeah. So anyway, rant oh, over. I'm not getting say, into poor, it. Poor Oklahoma State. Ooh. What happened? Six five, bottom of the, or top of the ninth, I think, and they just gave up a three run homer with two outs. Ooh. They lost eight six. Uh, top of the ninth, so they still get to hit. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that Ooh. that sucks. Um, so yeah, I mean, right, I'm right. just kind of wrapping up before I go in. I go in get some food. Maybe Ole a Miss cold wins beer tomorrow. Too. If what? Oh, jeez. Uh, Ole Miss wins tomorrow. If Ole Miss wins tomorrow. If I'm just. Like, I kind of have a clear picture of, like, how the pitching is going to go if they win, but I'm trying to frame it into one thing. Um, I got I got mine. Hell, if Parker Caracci is pitching in the eighth inning, Ole Miss wins the game. I'll put it that way. If Patrick Wicklander is out by the fifth, Ole Miss wins the game. Okay, that's fair, too. I, I, yeah, I didn't know necessarily how to quantify that. I think that's true. Um, if Patrick Wicklander is still in the game in the seventh, got for the, yeah, the Rebels are going to lose, um, I would say. Of course. I will. I if would you say, get bad Hoagland, okay, I'll say a scenario where Ole Miss loses, because I think their pen is going to hold up pretty well. But if Arkansas, like Hoagland, gets in trouble and goes like, I don't know, walk, walk, blast, or like single, double, one run, then blast, where Arkansas puts up a crooked letter in the first or second, that could be a real problem for Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, that would. Yeah, them scoring early because I don't think they're going to get attack the pen too terribly much. Like, like I, I think the pin's going to hold its own pretty well because of Miller and the high-end arm still available. But if Arkansas puts up an early crooked number, like three, four spot, and, like, it'd have to be quick because Hoagland's going to have such a quick leash with Mike. 
Um, like you'd have to be like a couple singles and a blast or something. That's the that's the nightmare scenario because Ole Miss doesn't need to be playing catch up tomorrow. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it's going to be one baseball game for uh, for to go to Omaha and. And we can get into this after the fact, but like this game changes a lot of legacies, whether it's the number one recruiting class, whether it's how people look at Mike's tenure here, like one way or another. And it's not really even necessarily fair in a lot of ways. It's not like this game tomorrow is changing a lot of legacies one way or another. It is boy, because it I mean, if you're Thomas Dillard or Greg Kessinger, you either go out not making the College World Series or probably one of the best three year runs in, in program history. Right, and like, which sucks because they do lose it. And I like those kids because they're good guys, and they've always been great with us media-wise. What sucks is if they lose tomorrow, they're not really going to get credence. Like, I, I'm not like I don't think in the history books it's going to be their run through this is going to be validated or remembered the same. Nope. And it should. They should still get credit for that, yep, regardless of the result tomorrow. But they're not going to. That's just kind of yep. the way these things work. Yep. Um, just go win a baseball game. Yeah, and. Same mindset they've had for the last couple weeks. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an entertain, entertaining game. I'm excited to watch it. I don't really get geeked up to like watch most games just because I don't I don't know. Like nothing really excites me. But like watching this and watching these two teams kind of go at it tomorrow is gonna be fun. It's it'd be fun if you're a baseball fan. And like these we'll are the type of games where Arkansas I like, fan. Yeah, I guess that's true. That that's probably gonna be a whole lot of liquor for some people and <laughs> Godspeed, pour that stuff neat. Uh, I'll be thinking about y'all, but if you're a baseball fan, this is kind of stuff is fun. Like, I love this time of year. I love watching game threes when team season ends one way or another. It'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll know something about 24 hours from now. Sounds good. Well, I'll, we'll be back at it. I mean, we'll record again tomorrow regardless of the result. That'll be our normal schedule podcast. This was just a bonus. So, you know, uh, you know, you pulled, you're in high school. You pulled a Hey Mister at a gas station. It was a success. So go enjoy your 18-pack by the river or whatever it is you did in high school. <laughs> um, but for Brian Scott Rippey, uh, for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And this was at the request of the people. We continue to grow. I'm excited about where the podcast is going. So here's the bonus. Um, I'll hire you tomorrow. Sounds good. <laughs> A Super Talk Mississippi media production.